Have you ever tried having a conversation with someone who hasn't mastered the art of listening? My name is Don Culp. I'm a certified hypnotherapist, Reiki master teacher, meditation coach, and owner of the Zen Room in Gilroy, California. You can also find us online at www.thezenroom.net. And today we're going to talk about the art of listening. Hi everyone and thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Zen Room. So at the top of this podcast, I ask this question. Have you ever tried having a conversation with someone who hasn't mastered the art of listening? I guarantee you, if you are old enough to be listening to this podcast and interested in its content, you are old enough to have had many, many conversations. And if we're all being honest, we've all, we can all raise our hands and say, I have been in a conversation where someone dominated and I couldn't get a word in edgewise. And if we're also being also, if we're being very honest, we probably can say, uh, I've probably been the one to dominate the conversation. So regardless of what side of the fence you are, um, have experienced in your life, it's, I think it's clear that we all know the difference between a conversation that bats the ball back and forth over the volleyball net, um, and a conversation where I feel like, you know, we could have this whole conversation while I was on mute on the phone and they wouldn't know the difference, or we could have had this whole lunch where, um, I didn't need to be here at all because it's been 45 minutes and you haven't even asked how I've been doing. Right. So we've all been on probably both sides of that, of that conversation. So, um, the point of this podcast is to have us think about listening in more of an art form. So, um, there are times when we can feel that we're in a conversation where they're really trying, God love them. They're trying to listen, but you even can feel that their version of listening is just closing their lips long enough, but you could actually see them clearly formulating the next thought in their head. So they're not even really truly listening. There's a, there's a difference between just not talking and actually listening. Um, I know this person well, I used to be this person. So if you were to ask the younger version of me, say the 20 year old version of me, why I had diarrhea of the mouth, Um, If I was being totally honest, I would tell you it's because I didn't find my voice until later in life. And when I actually did find my voice, I was going to exercise the heck out of it. And if I'm also being totally honest, I wasn't even really aware that I was doing it. And I just assumed in my 20-year-old bliss that whatever I had to say that it was fascinating enough for everybody to want to hear it. <laughs> oh, and she was funny. So um, there's a lot of reasons why people may feel like they just can't wait to jump in and share what is burning on their lips to share. Um, and don't get me wrong. I love the gift of gab. I am not picking on a good conversationalist at all because I find really good, really juicy Uh, really thoughtful conversations, fascinating. I love really deep, wonderful conversations, especially things that allow me um, to walk away with my my thoughts provoked and maybe looking at things in a whole new way. So I love the gift of gab, okay? What I am talking about here 
is the ability to give up the floor and listen. And when I say listen, I mean really listen. Ask more questions, but for the sake of really wanting to unfold the conversation, not just merely being polite because you know you've been talking for a while and you're, you should probably say, so how are things going with you? Not because of that, right? I'm talking about truly volleying the volleyball back and forth over the net. Okay, so when I grew up, I grew up in a family, and, and some of you guys might relate to this if you're of a certain age. I grew up in a family where we had CB radios in, in the cars, um, and not just, we were not truckers, right? We, um, we just thought it was a fun way of communicating. This was way, 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 way before cell phones. So if you're a millennial, you're going to listen to this and probably giggle a little bit. But the way that you would communicate from one car to another, especially, especially if you were caravanning on the road, the way to communicate between cars was a CB radio. So if we had, you know, my brother and his family in one car and me and my parents were in another car and then maybe another brother and his family were in another car, we would converse in our caravan on a, on a CB radio. And it was, it was sort of fun and hey, we'd all follow each other um, to our vacation destination. And if we decided we wanted to stop for lunch, the, the CB radio was a way for us to communicate, hey everyone, we're going to stop off at the milk farm or whatever. Um, and of course, part of the fun of the CB radio was that you had a handle. Everybody had their handle. So my dad, my dad had a CB radio and because I was the littlest, I was always in mom and dad's car because I wasn't driving yet my, myself. My dad's name was Harry. So his CB handle was Dirty Harry. I think he watched a lot of Clint Eastwood growing up. Um, so Dirty Harry here and uh, we're thinking about uh, stopping for lunch over. Great. And then my brother with his handle would say, great, where do we want to stop? Over, right? And there would be this whole conversation. So it was a way to communicate between cars before there were cell phones. And we would have our handle for identification purposes. And we would always respect the channel that we were tuned into. So I remember being a little girl and I remember asking, how do you, how do you, how do you talk into the CB, dad? How do you do that? And he said, well, if you hold down the button, you have to hold down the button to talk. Then you state your handle, you call out to a person, and then you would state your business. And then you would end the conversation by saying over, and then he'd say, but you have to let go of the button. Peanut, you have to let go of the button. If you just hold down the button, that means that you were transmitting or talking, and you wouldn't be able to receive or listen to their response. So it took some getting used to. I'd, ha I'd have to push down the button to say something, and then I'd have to let go of the button to give them the floor to respond. Or to comment and when the exchange was done the last person to talk would say over and out we're heading to the milk farm over and out and then you'd hang up the little CB radio transistor thing okay so that was clear it was very clear to me I couldn't hear their response if I was still holding down my button so you'd have to say ask your question release the button so that they could transmit and free up the airway that we were all really really good at that really really good at that so it was it was easy for us to know how to transmit have a conversation on a cb radio but when you 
put four people around a table with plates and wine glasses, I feel like we forget some of our conversation etiquette. I actually had this idea um, and I don't think I'm going to do anything with it. So if anybody out there is feeling like they want to build this app, go right ahead. But it was, a, it was an app with a voice recognition that would gauge the amount of airtime that each person got during any dinner conversation. So the idea would be you would put the phone down in the middle of the table and you would turn on the app and you wouldn't touch it until the end of the conversation. And you would have, let's say you'd have four people sitting around a table and the app would have voice recognition. So it would be able to tell you at the end of every dinner conversation that person A spoke 20% of the time, person B spoke 90% of the time, person C spoke 5% of the time. Where are we? Are we have an extra 5%? And the other person, the final person spoke 5% of the time. And um, how many times everyone interrupted each other? And I thought that would be a really fascinating app to have because I feel like what would happen is people would become very aware of how often they were interrupting each other and how much they maybe monopolize the conversation. Okay, so, um, and I argue <laughs> because women are tend to known as having the gift of gab that men would secretly love this app. And, and here's the thing. Some people actually don't enjoy talking as much as others. Some people, let's be honest, rather would rather take the passive spot in the conversation and, you know, just give the, the talk or the microphone and let them have at it. So not everybody is um, necessarily born with a gifted gab and that's okay. But I will tell you, I will tell you this with almost 100% certainty, 99.999% certainty that there are more people wanting to engage in conversation that are actually engaging in conversation. Some people it bothers more than others. So the point, again, of this podcast is to raise an awareness. The point that I'm trying to make here is what if we all make a point of being really good conversationalists or admitting that at least it's something to work on, okay? Think about how you converse with your spouse or your partner or your mate. How, think about how you converse with your children. Do we have a tendency to give up the floor easily? And if not, why is that? Think about that. A little bit of food for thought. Give that some consideration. Okay, so... We are all thinking about becoming better conversationalists. What does that look like? What does that sound like? Why don't we do it in the first place? Okay. Many, 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 many reasons. But the, the thing I want to move into next is silence. So I think that silence doesn't get quite the amount of attention, at least here in the West, um, that it deserves. So many, many Eastern cultures, they revere silence. Meditation is silence. They can sit in quiet contemplation. Um, we here in the West, 
and I can only speak from from my vantage point as somebody who lives in the Bay Area, Silicon Valley, which it's very, very, very kind of busy, 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 go, go, go around here. A lot of people don't know what to do with silence. So, and I do like to remind people the importance of silence, right? I mean, there's a whole eight hours a night, hopefully, that you're getting with sleep dedicated to silence, dedicated to quieting the mind and turning off the world so that we can be and sit in that pure quiet. People take camping trips and trips to nature and hikes in the woods to reconnect with kind of that that quiet, small silence. Music would be just noise if it weren't for the silence between the notes. It's the silence between the notes that gives us the opportunity for music to breathe and have a melody. So silence is very, very important, but I do feel as though it takes people some getting used to having the silence. Um, I'm familiar with a lot of people who just like to have TV on in the background. Um, always running, even if they're not watching it because they just like the noise or the distraction. We have become a place, a society that doesn't really know what to do with silence. So the first place that I would start if we're talking about becoming an artful, mindful listener is to maybe start with silence. And this will feel weird for a little while. (laughs) Sitting around a table, unless you are very, very, very comfortable with the people sitting around the table, taking a minute for all the conversation to just stop and let it be. And those big pregnant pauses. How many of you reached for the radio wondering, what happened to my podcast? She got quiet there for a minute. Maybe if we're going to start becoming more artful listeners, maybe we need to start with silence. Let the conversation come to a stop, a full and complete stop. And then maybe just let the silence be exactly what it is. And give, maybe give an opportunity for someone who it isn't their natural tendency to step forward and start engaging in the conversation, you actually give them an opportunity to speak. It is a little tricky for people who tend to be a little less um, gabby, a little less of a conversationalist. It is a lot of, it's hard for a lot of those types of folks to insert themselves into a conversation when the conversation is just going at a rapid fire pace. Um, I have to remind myself to do this because I tend to talk. Um, so if I find myself in mixed company, if I'm with somebody else who loves to talk, oh my God, it's easy because they'll hop in there and then they'll jump in and then they'll jump in and then I'll jump in and next thing you know, it's this really great conversation. But I have to be aware that not everybody is built that way. If I'm having conversations with someone who's more soft-spoken, a little more introverted, I have to create space. I have to lay down a great big old silent pregnant pause. Give them an opportunity to stick their toe in the water and let them begin to engage. 
So silence, if you're, like I said, if we're looking to become more artful listeners, create a silence. Is it going to feel weird at first? Probably. Um, but do it anyway. Let it be an experiment. If you create a space, and it might need to be a big space, it might need to be several minutes of silence while you're just sitting there enjoying your meal, drinking your drink, breathing, enjoying the sounds of the ambient restaurant behind you. It may feel awkward as hell for a little bit until you get good at it. But then I want you to watch and see what happens. What did you... What possibility did you give birth to by just being quiet? See what happens. What's the worst that can happen? The worst that can happen is that you sit in silence for a few minutes. No one died by sitting in silence for a few minutes. Give it a try. You might be pleasantly surprised at how that individual, maybe the introverted or the more soft-spoken, started to share. If you notice that person starting to share and join the conversation... Create more space. Ask wonderful questions. Bat the volleyball back over the net. And if you feel as though the silence isn't generating an opportunity or a window for that person to engage, then you can also ask engaging questions. You can also ask questions that will entice that person. So, so and so, how was your day? What's going on with you? I'd love to hear. And then listen, take your finger off the button and let that person transmit on their CB radio. Give them the floor fully, absolutely fully. When, when they are done talking, let the space create, let the space created be your cue to bat the volleyball back over the net. It will probably feel very, like I said, really strange for a little while, but it will get easier because there is a point to getting really, really good at listening in our physical day-to-day lives with physical um, conversation. That will begin to translate beautifully in your meditation. So one of the things that I can tell you people struggle with the most in meditation, for those who do struggle with meditation in the beginning, some don't. They can't get over the silence. It feels strange because what happens in the silence is they hear their own thoughts too much. Or it just feels boring. Oh my God, this is so boring. I'm just sitting here counting my breath. And they don't know what to do with all of that silent space. That will feel just like in conversation. It will feel strange as hell for a little while and then it won't. Because if, if we run around life, if we run around the world doing all the talking, we have not created a space to hear anything. We can't hear from our friends. We can't hear from our loved ones. We can't hear from our boss or our employees. We also can't hear from that higher, inner, wiser part of us, that higher consciousness If we go into meditation, when we go into meditation and we learn to be comfortable with the silence and we learn to be comfortable with the stillness and we learn to be comfortable with not talking, and that even means our own internal dialogue, shutting that off, and there are tricks in meditation that you can do to kind of help release that. Then what happens is when you create a space, you can even have a conversation 
with that higher, wiser part of you. And that, my friends, is what the true art of listening is going to do for you, your evolvement, your advancement, your expansion, your growth, all of it. So what if we were to look at the conversations that we have in life as being the dress rehearsal or the preparation or um, good practice? And maybe that's the best way to say it. Really good practice for the type of silence that we need to create in our meditation so that we can stand back, give the floor up, and listen to what comes through. Okay? So... I think the first thing that we all need to realize is that we all do have a wise voice inside. You know, you've heard, you know, yogis and meditators say all the information that you need is inside of you. So when you go into meditation and because you're, you have made um, the art of listening a priority in your life, something that you're looking to do and get better at and better at and better at, that will translate into your meditation experiences as well. And that is where the, that's where the nuggets live. That's where the that's where the the meat on the bone lives. That's where those huge beautiful insights happen when you have created a space for silence and then given up the floor to just listen. So, during an intuitive session, it is not uncommon at all for the person or people that I am working with to experience silence from me because I have asked a question and I am pausing for an answer. Always remember, this should be a rule of thumb in any good conversation. If I'm going to ask a question, I have to provide some space for the response. I know that makes sense to you on a logical level, like a, of course, duh level, but it's amazing to me if you listen to how people converse, they'll say, hey, how are you? By, by the way, and it's like, you didn't even give me a chance to answer how are you before you rolled into by the way. <laughs> how am I supposed to answer? You know, I always tease, right? So when my husband and I will watch a movie, um, you see the person having the phone up to the ear, having a conversation with someone on the phone, but we can't hear the conversation on the other side. The, the classic example is um, one of my very favorite movies is Jaws. And the chief of police, Chief Brody, has the secretary who picks up the phone. And she says, Chief Brody's office, I'll get him right now. And I'm like, how did the person on the other end of the line even have a chance to answer a ask a question before she said Chief Brody's office? Right? If she, and I always tease. I said, if, if that conversation were real, it should have said Chief Brody's office. I'll get him right away for you. And my husband, Chad, will laugh and say, no one's going to give up that kind of valuable screen time for that kind of a pregnant pause for, you know, a real honest-to-goodness, well-timed-out phone conversation to be realistic. So I, it's sort of a running joke with me that in movies, when the person's on the phone and you can't hear the other person's end of the conversation, it's like she didn't provide enough of a pause to actually get an answer. So anyhow, I know, I totally digress, but that makes me laugh. However, it happens a lot in conversations um, in real time too. Hey, how are you? Oh, hey, by the way, before I forget. Okay, so you can already kind of see how this conversation is gonna go. If you ask a question, 
you have to provide a space, some silence for the response. And I know that makes sense. So let that be the first thing that we as a whole start to do. If we ask a question, how are you? How was your day? Give them a chance to answer in full. Okay. That is the key point of any conversation. If I'm going to ask a question or if I'm going to make a request, I have to provide the space and the silence to listen. That goes for all conversations, period, across the board. Okay, have to take your finger off the CB button. So let's say now, again, getting back to how this helps in meditation, let's say that you got really good at meditation. Let's say that you've gotten yourself to a place where you can quiet your mind, quiet your space down in a matter of nine, 10 minutes, and there's just this beautiful stillness. And then let's say that you have a question that you're looking to explore and higher power. If you're in your meditation, higher power. If this feels more like a prayer meditation, maybe you say God. Maybe if this feels like more of it, you're looking to talk into your intuition, you say intuition. I'm really confused about which step I should take next. Can you help me know which way to go right now? Then you have to imagine that you say over, just like the CB radio, take your finger off the button and then listen. Okay. Higher power. I'm really confused about which step I should take next. Can you help me know which way is the right way to go? And then be quiet. And it might take two, three, four, nine, ten minutes to pass in your meditation before you start to get any sense of, of a direction or an answer or an inkling or a hunch. Oftentimes, it's subtle. It's subtle, which basically just gives you an, an idea of maybe not what the whole thing looks like wrapped up with a big red bow on top. I know that a lot of times people want that to be the point of meditation. Sometimes what we get is just an inkling that we're supposed to go this way or call this person or reach this, reach out to this person or call this contact or whatever. Baby steps with this whole idea of becoming an artful listener is huge because baby steps, as we know, anybody who ran a marathon in their life started off taking one step at a time. One step and then one step came in and became two steps and then two steps became three steps. You have to start baby and give yourself a break. Be aware of what your own internal conversation app is telling you. Are you dominating the conversation? Maybe we should all learn to create a little bit of space around the dinner table to see who wants to chime in next, right? Are you watching your interruptions, how many times you're interrupting? In meditation, are you creating space for the answers to come? It's not enough to just ask the question. We have to create a space to let the information or the answers come, and that will take a little bit of time sometimes. Be patient with it. It is a process that the more you do it, just like anything, will become easier and easier and easier. Okay, these are all exercises that are going to allow you to get really, really good at it. The more you do it, the better you're going to get at it. Okay, as you do this, not only will you notice that your conversations with your friends will improve, 
you will also notice that the conversation that you have with you and your higher self in those quiet meditations will begin to improve as well. When you become a really good listener, just like my husband says, how you do anything is how you do everything. When you become a listener, a really good listener, you will be able to hear things, maybe for the first time. You'll be able to hear information, hear things, get a sense of things. Use that to help guide you. Okay? Enjoy the process of becoming a better listener and all of the benefits that come with it. And I promise you that it will bring benefits beyond your wildest dreams. Be a better listener with your friends. Be a better listener with your family. Be a better listener in the world. And be a better listener in your meditation. Trust that if you ask a question, there will be an answer. You just have to create space for the answer to come. Okay? All right, everyone. Well, thank you all for being such beautiful, artful listeners. And uh, I look forward to having future conversations with you. And for now, thanks for tuning in. And may the force be with you. Peace out, everyone. Have a great rest of your day.